The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Don't mind me just housing another chumps over here. It's Jen Gabe and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee, and we are continuing to monitor the Packers' defensive coordinator search. Gabe, give me the update. So yesterday, the update on uh, Bobby Babich is the update. Yeah, so Bobby Babich, who was somebody that the Packers were interested in, he is staying in Buffalo because he got promoted to be their defensive coordinator. So cross him off the list. Cross him off then. (laughs) Great line. I love that you reminded me of it the other day when we were talking about this. So one of the names that has been added, Tom Pelissero of NFL Media says that Green Bay has put in a request to interview inside linebackers coach Zach Orr of the Baltimore Ravens. Now, of course, the Orr name is familiar to people here in Wisconsin because we work with his brother, Chris Orr. And Chris yesterday on the radio was talking about sort of what the Packers would be getting if, in fact, his brother, Zach, got the gig. So I think you look for one, you look for somebody that understands your scheme, somebody that's smart enough that could help everybody else out, help everybody, that could be a coach out there on the field. I think that's vital. I don't, I don't uh, think where they are on the field necessarily matters. I think you do need a monster in the middle at, at your nose guard position. You need that. You need some powerful edges because they have to set the edge in a run game and as well as get to the quarterback. I think those are vital, and you have to have uh, corners who aren't scared to be out there by themselves. you got to have corners that want to be up in uh, receivers' faces, guys that want to challenge these receivers and challenge these routes. That's what's needed. So usually it's, it's exactly what you want on a defense. Like If you're a defensive guy, it's exactly what you look for. Chew, does it sound like the Packers have the personnel to match all of those things that Chris Orr, who was on Rutledge and Hamilton yesterday, 4-6 to six on ESPN Madison, was detailing there? No. No, they definitely don't have a nose. I don't think that can do that. And the edge rushers, yes, they're at times very good against the pass, but not very good against the run. So this is this is a little bit of the fear where if they did bring him in, does it take a little bit of time to get the personnel that they want? Because right now, minus Jair, are you putting anyone else on an island out there? Probably not, right? Valentine's got the attitude for it. He does, but you know, I, I, I mean, how many, how many corners do you feel super confident putting on an island across the league? My guess is the number is not very high. Most people probably can't name the two starting corners for the Ravens, and yet they still were able to do that. Now, granted, they had those other things that that Chris was just talking about in terms of being staunch up the middle, being able to set edges, and be able to get after the quarterback. Typically, with just four, but. I don't know. I, I I actually oddly feel okay more with their cornerback situation than anything else there. Like I've got questions about Rashawn Gary setting the edge. I don't know enough about Lucas Van Ness yeah. after his rookie season. I'm with you in terms of getting maybe a bigger body in the middle that they just haven't been able to figure out and pair with Kenny at this point. Yeah, well, like I said, it's a luxury to have uh, to create pressure with just four guys. Uh, I don't know if they have that right now. Obviously, they have a, lo- a lot of resources to go out and potentially get that. But uh, we'll, we'll just, you know, we have no idea right now. And I'm thinking Evero. Evero's the hot name, but is he more of a, like, all right, go 
go see what you can get out there and we'll bump it up by 500,000 or a million dollars more. Could be. Because why, why hasn't he been in yet? Because the Panthers have blocked every interview request. interview request outside of the head coaches, which they can't. So that would lead me to believe that the Panthers want him back really, really bad. Wait, what? That's what that would lead you to believe? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why they... Sherlock Holmes over there. I don't, I don't know why they just wouldn't pony up the cash to keep him. So I, I guess I, he needs to go out and get a head coaching offer, right? It's all well and good for people to be interested in you, but unless he can bring them back an offer, they're under no duress or under no pressure to change the number. Can't yeah, they sort not- of skirt that with the associate head coach title? Yeah. Isn't there some like weird thing you can do? I don't think you can do that anymore. No? They did away with that? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for going out and getting an assistant from a team that's had the best defense in the league. Um, I'm in favor of that because they got to know what they're doing there. So I, I just don't know enough about these coordinators, but I do know he's in a system that is uh, really, really known for their defense, and I have no problem going in that direction. Well, so then you have two options there, right? Because aren't they also reportedly interviewing the Ravens defensive backs coach, Denard Wilson? So again, it's not just at the one position for the Ravens. I do think that it is a luxury, and I'm trying to silver lining my way through this thing, so hear me out. It is a luxury to be in a coaching search. And I'm not talking about from a coach standpoint. I'm talking about from a franchise standpoint. Because you're bringing all these guys in. And I know there's some you know, intellectual property with all of this thing. But a lot of them are going to share, right? If they're trying to get the gig, they're going to share what they would do in order to be successful in that role. And I think if you're Matt LaFleur, you're getting a bunch of different, not, I'm not saying that he's ignorant to these things himself, but you are getting a good sense of what all of these guys would do if they were the guy who got the gig. And I think there's value there in being able to collect all of that information and kind of pick and choose what you would want to run as you're hearing from all these people. What do you think, Joshy? Yeah, I think what I've liked a lot about this search is the Packers have seemed to go the exact opposite direction of what they had in uh, previously with Joe Barry. And when you start looking at the Ravens, they're not flavor of the month. They've been a good defense since yeah, as long sure. as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So it's it does give you confidence that even though these guys don't have the experience of the big DC title, that they do things right there and it's instilled from top to bottom within that organization. And everybody is a product of their experiences. And Matt LaFleur is no different. In Matt LaFleur's last experience hiring a defensive coordinator, he ignored someone's resume to say, no, again, know this person, no, we'll get along, no, we'll be able to work together in close quarters, and also he can probably figure out the (laughs) defensive coordinator part of it. Turns out that wasn't the case. There were times where it worked out, but most of the time it did not. Now it feels like he is focusing on resume. He's bringing guys in who have a track record of success, Gabe. Right, We haven't seen the anomaly of the person on the list where you're going, well, that's a head-scratcher. Yeah. That person hasn't had success in that position. Or the defense that person represents hasn't been very good. That, to me, is the product of his experience with the Joe Barry experiment. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you haven't seen... I mean, have there been any retreads that they've brought in? I mean, I don't think they've interviewed anybody with defensive coordinator experience outside of... Um, now I'm blanking on like the first one they brought in. 
But I think they've only, but most of these people have been their their assistant coaches looking for that first-time job. Like, that's the majority, the overwhelming majority of candidates that he's interviewing. I think he's looking for fresh blood, new ideas, instead of having somebody else repurpose somebody else's defense, right? Because that's all that, I mean, it was, well, I'm bringing in Joe Barry. He kind of runs that Vic Fangio style, and he just didn't have any new ideas that he could incorporate himself, whereas some of these younger players, or some of these younger guys, whether we're talking about Christian Parker, whether we're talking about either guys for for the Ravens, I mean, they're younger potential coordinators that probably have their own new, fresh ideas. I'd like to know who's in those uh, in, in the interview process, because when you bring a coach in, let's say you're bringing a new O-line coach in, and you're an offensive-minded team, you know, head coach like Lafleur is. Most of the offensive staff is in that meeting, and they're grilling the old line. I'm all right. What do you do in this situation here? Ba ba ba. Their whole defensive staff is gone. They have no defensive staff. So is it just Lafleur sitting because an old line coach doesn't know what the hell how to coach a defensive backs to say? Oh yeah, now I get it. You see what I'm saying? I wonder if there's some consultant or someone because if only if only example. somebody was running the organization who had defensive experience too. Pardon? I said if there was only somebody in the organization who had experience playing defense in the NFL. Is this a Mark Murphy nod? Yeah. Yeah. I just I want sure. him in yeah, the, right. yeah I, I, I don't really No, I, either would I. I'm just I'm pointing that out. Is Jerry Montgomery still there the defensive line coach? I, I don't know what they did with their staff, to be honest. Yeah, because if he is, that's an obvious answer because he's pretty well-respected, even though I've questioned what he's done. He's known around the league. But also, like, to Chewie's point, like, I have no idea what happened to the staff, but if you're Jerry Montgomery, I would, would you? Would you? Yeah, I'll participate you're in the interviews. Gone. You might not have a job here, and right. now you're helping out an organization that could be putting you out on your ass. All right, so Rob Domofsky was on the Homer Hour yesterday, asked, and this is the big topic right now surrounding the Green Bay Packers, is who is going to lead that defense and what changes will we see from the defensive personnel in order to fit the new defensive coordinator scheme? Let's take a listen to Rob Domofsky on who he would hire at that position. I, I would hire, if you could, Ejiro Ivaro, the guy from Carolina, who uh, the problem is most uh, most teams are being blocked from interviewing him as a defensive coordinator because he's under contract with Carolina. Now, he's interviewed for um, for head coaching jobs, but if he's off the board, I would go with someone from the Baltimore system. Um, I, I really would. I mean, they're, they're probably one of the best defenses out there right now, um, but the problem is their, their defensive coordinator is probably going to end up being a head coach. So now you're going... You know, you're going with one of the position coaches, with Zach Orr, the linebacker's coach, is one of them. Uh, he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of, of experience. And the same thing with their defensive backs coach. But, you know, if you if you want to be what the best teams are, you have to steal from them. It that's, sounds like he's gotten a lot. Too. Go ahead. He's gotten a lot of endorsements, though. Yeah, but he's a first-time coordinator. You know what I mean? So that's what I was going to ask you, Chu, then, is what's the leash you give on that person? Right? We had talked about Doc Rivers with the Milwaukee Bucks, and you were saying that you would give him a pass this season. And, again, he's coming in at the halfway point, wasn't able to install during training camp and whatnot, so you were giving him a pass for that. A little bit different circumstances here, but what do you want to see from the defensive coordinator in his first year? Uh, Well, I want to see a whole totally different scheme. I want to see aggressiveness. I realize it takes time for him to... 
I mean, it takes time to see if the current players they have fit the system, and if not, they got to bring someone else in. My question to you guys was, would be, because the window is open, I think we can all agree the window is open, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want, I would be apprehensive about going with an unknown who, you know, has got a lot of coaches around the league that like him, but he's still an unknown. I'm almost more inclined to go with the safe guy who's done it before, even though he might not be, and I'm not talking uh, Joe Barry Carroll, I'm talking on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, a guy that's done it that's maybe a 7. Because at least you know what you have. But isn't right? that hard As to find that guy? to an unknown, because if you have an unknown, you're not firing him after one year. I mean, what, what if this isn't the right guy? What if it's not the right guy? And it's another Joe Barry Carroll, and the window is open offensively, but defense just continues to be that thorn in the side. So the one person they've interviewed with defensive coordinator experience is Brandon Staley. You were not thrilled with Brandon Staley's performance as the head coach of the Chargers. When you watch a team quit on somebody in real time? Yeah, because we just had a team. That's jarring. We had a guy who players uh, quit on here right in Green Bay. I don't don't want that again. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, don't you run that? Because chances are, if that guy that has experience is available, it's somebody who was just probably fired from their current position, like a Brandon Staley. Like, Ejero Evero, I, and I understand why he seems to be, like, the perfect candidate, because people are interested in him. He's not the one who got fired. His head coach got fired in Carolina, so maybe the staff gets let go. So I understand why he's such an attractive figure, but also he's so attractive, Carolina doesn't want him going anywhere. I, I, I just no, think no, that Evero—I think Evero's just, like, the pipe dream. He's a long shot, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I don't know who else is out there that I would want that has this coordinating experience that you're talking about. Are you yeah, going to want a window open, Gabe, and, I, and you guys, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but tampering goes on in this league. What? It goes on. Hold the fort. You no. Know. Hold the fort. So for some, I get it to his agent, <laughs> however you got to do it, that's like, look, we have a blank check here. Okay? A blank check, great opportunity. You're going to run the show. You're going to pick your entire staff, name your price. You're coming to Green Bay. Right? Isn't the flaw with I mean Evero you paid a special teams coach hold on you paid a special team coach a million dollars a year which is unheard of wasn't it 3 yeah it's more 3 million yeah i think it was 3 damn i got to work on my kickoff return <laughs> <laughs> 100% <laughs> And, See, and I think Josh, if we would have gotten Chewy that whiteboard, he could have been doing that. I know. And I think Blame Josh, you, make up a, you bring up a good point as well because there's always this belief that everybody who is an assistant coach, who is a coordinator, at some point wants to be a head coach, even if they don't have the makeup for the head coaching position, which we have detailed exhaustively here on this program and others. So the question is, do you bring somebody in who you know is getting head coaching sniffs? And that may want to go do that sooner rather than later. Or do you want a guy whose skill set is best fitted and best suited for being a coordinator? I think that's got to be a part of the interview process as well. Right? Like, if I know that you're always looking at greener pastures, then I can't have that continuity that I know is so important for success. Right? So we saw, So let's just say they bring Evero in and he gets the gig. So he's here for one year, two years, three years before he goes Again, if he has success, great. Maybe it's one of those win-win situations. Packers win the Super Bowl, and then he gets a head coaching gig. Fine. But like, if you're always wondering if your guy is looking for that head coaching position, I think it makes it a little bit dicey. 
I yeah, but, but does he, I, I, I want somebody that's going to be because that means things are going good for me. Like if you hire Evero and he leaves in two years because he gets a head coaching opportunity, that means he did good things here. Yeah, sure, but it also means you're back in that situation again in two years. But you take a look at a team that's in the Super Bowl. So the Niners were in the Super Bowl in 2019. It wasn't that long ago? Where so it was technically in you know February of 2020, and, and 2019 was the season. So that was four years ago. They were in the Super Bowl. They don't have a single assistant who's the same. Like that coaching staff has experienced a lot of turnover. They've had a lot of success. So they've had a lot of coaches go on. But if you can backfill and you have confidence in in Ever, for sake of argument, let's say Evero's the guy, and you have confidence in him to be able to backfill and have a good defensive line coach and linebackers coach and secondary coach and all these things, and then you just kind of okay, well he's gone. Well, the secondary coach is really good. So now he's our new defensive coordinator, and you just kind of continue to backfill. Sure, that way. but the Packers haven't shown the ability to do that. Why? And what am I ba- what am I basing this on? Because when we talked about firing Joe Barry in the middle of the season, the argument for not doing so was they didn't have anybody who could step in. Joe right? Barry was the one doing the hiring. But though. that's what I'm saying. So like, you need to make sure that you do have that structure in place where if somebody does get plucked, and look at the Baltimore Ravens, right? They didn't make the Super Bowl. They're certainly not going to win the Super Bowl, and all of their people are getting plucked off, or all of their people are getting interviewed. I think that is the nightmare. The nightmare is to just get there not get over the hump, and then have all of the people who helped you get to that level being plucked off and going to other teams because they but, want other opportunities. But, but part of Joe Barry's dysfunction is, and Jerry Gray didn't help, you know, saying what he says, once, once the league find out this defensive coordinator sucks, who's going to want to go there as an assistant? And yeah. That's part of the problem. None of their assistants are sought after. You know, and insistence are so important. They're huge because you can't do it all by yourself as a as a uh, as a defensive coordinator. And once you get that moniker, that that's what killed Joe Barry. You know, they're constantly measuring, like the, like with Evero, he's already on to the next step as a head coach. Would you want to go to Washington as a head coach right now? Hell no. You can't win in this league without a quarterback. And I don't think they have the ammunition to go up and get like a Williams or stuff like that. So that that's why guys like the Ben Johnson thing is weird. Really weird. Let's get into the Ben Johnson thing for people out there who are like, what's the Ben Johnson thing? I want to know about the Ben Johnson thing. Let's get into that after this. Gabe did bring up a very good point earlier today, though, about the Washington Commanders. That's a team in transition. I feel like, hey, why don't you figure your things out? You work out the flaws before I come and join your circus. Yeah, know if that ownership is actually a good group before you, you don't want to be the guinea pig. You commit to it. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a break here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Guys, you know how I get through my mornings that are especially difficult? Celsius Energy Drink. Celsius Energy Drink is what helps me get through my days in the football season as well. There are 18 different flavors to choose from. Arctic Vibe, Fuji Apple Pear, and of course my favorite, the Peach Vibe. I have one every Saturday morning before I hit the air during college football season, and I've been noticing I've been enjoying Celsius a lot of mornings lately. It's just that thing that I need to start the day off right and to get through the demands of the day. So if you are like me, got a lot of stuff on your to-do list, want to make sure you nail it all, try Celsius Energy Drink. Stay active and energized all day long with Celsius Essential Energy Drinks. It's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. <laughs> Big hurt. I heard that's like, eh. Ron in the key wagon saying, you guys should slow down before you take out a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN. Your next hangout spot is found 
right in Waukesha. That Q Club of Wisconsin is a perfect place to catch a game, play some games, see the blammer, and grab a drink. Bocce courts, dartboards, foosball tables, and of course, pool tables. Ten of them. Plus, the Q Club of Wisconsin has its best fish fries on Wednesdays and Fridays, and you know, they just pile it high. Check out the live music on Saturday and stop in for brunch every weekend starting at 9 a.m. It's all happening at the Q Club of Wisconsin on North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Visit QClubWI.com or like them on Facebook. We did talk to Adam Schefter this morning about the, quote, Ben Johnson thing. But Chewy was really intrigued with the offensive coordinator for the Lions deciding to stay in Detroit instead of, I guess, even completing the interview from the sounds of what Adam Schefter said, even starting the interview from what it sounds like that Adam Schefter said with the commanders. Chew, what do you think this means for the NFC North, that Ben Johnson has decided to stay as the offensive coordinator in Detroit is that because this le- this conf- I'm sorry is that because this division now feels like it's Detroit's to win going year in and year out is that the sentiment you're getting from what's happening in Detroit No my guess is one of two things which is bizarre for him to cancel the interview when Washington's plane is in the air with their execs coming to see him so my guess is he either it, it got back to him that he was such a bad interview in Seattle that he didn't want to go through another one, or um, the Lions said, hey, we're going to take care of you here and give you a big pay bump. But either or, it doesn't make I, – I don't think it's – That's a bad point. look. It's a horrible look. It's a bad you know? look. And, and like Adam said, your window uh, to get these jobs are very small, you know? Like interviewing, interviewing bad is one thing. You can always improve on that. But when someone's on their way to interview you, yeah, that's just... and then you say, no thanks, like that's what's going to turn off general managers and owners from giving you the keys to a franchise, if that's something that he wants to do going forward. Now, in the short term, this stinks for the Packers. Him yeah, leaving, him leaving yeah. opened up the door to the Lions being potentially worse. Like He's a really good coordinator, calls a really good game, and has that young offense humming. This stinks for the Packers. But let me ask you this, because I'll go back. Do you guys remember the Mike McCarthy, Alex Van Pelt little debacle there where Alex wanted to go and interview mm-hmm. for a head coaching job or an offensive coordinator, and McCarthy blocked him? Yep. Because I thought of this. I'm like, could Detroit have said, hey, if you go there – we're not bringing you back, or something along those lines. Well, that was is, that's what happened to uh, your guy Jeff Jagodzinski when he was the head Boston coach at College. Boston College. And Gene DiFilippo, who I met with after the fact, because I was there, and I just asked him how it went down, and, and uh, the AD said, told Jagodzinski, who was not going to get the Jets job anyways, told him, if you go interview, you're fired. It would shock <laughs> me, though, if Dan And then Campbell he canned him. It would shock me. Yeah. That just doesn't seem like, you know how sometimes you can just read somebody by watching them in press conferences. Like, I th- I think he's universally beloved by that team and the way that they play for him and the way that they've kind of rallied around him. I don't see him as a guy who would give an ultimatum to one of his coordinators. Plus, I would, I would have to imagine, and maybe not because it's the NFL and they haven't been able to figure out what a catch is for the last 15 years, but I would imagine in the rule that they put in place in 2020 – that allows assistants to now interview for higher jobs or you know i got to imagine there's some protection there right but, but let me ask you guys this would you block someone who you were in charge of to keep them 
from advancing? No. Well, McCarthy clearly did. Well, yes, I mean, sure, there's guys did. out there that do and, that. And he couldn't, well, you can't block that anymore. So back when, like, when McCarthy did that, the league considered an assistant is an assistant is an assistant. Doesn't matter if it's an offensive coordinator. Doesn't matter if it's the assistant quality control coach. Like, all those people were considered the same. And then they mo- modified the rule where if you're an assistant coach interviewing for a, an OC or DC job, that's considered a promotion. And now you cannot block that. Chewie, couldn't it just be as simple as he believes in what they're building in Detroit? Couldn't it be that simple? That, like, he likes working with Dan Campbell. He likes working with Jared Goff. He likes the way that the offense is currently constructed. He feels like we have talked about there are steps to success or stages. And he's saying, we're at the doorstep, man. I'm not leaving now and then letting this team go win a Super Bowl without me. I believe we can do it. Because if that's the case, that's really admirable. And I think it's a huge endorsement of what they've got going on in Detroit. Then why go to Seattle? See if you get more money. Right? You need the offer. You need the opportunity to leverage more money. That's just how how business works. Yeah, but it's just a bad optic, right, Jen? To go the to Seattle? Pl- no, the plane is in the air. Yeah, that was the Washington, Washington thing. One, though. The, yeah, yeah, Washington flying to see you, and then you're like, nope, I'm staying here. That's a bad yeah, look. That, that is a horrible look. Could he be on a similar to trajectory to, say, a Jim Leonard who thinks, hey, if I stick around here, I could be the next guy in line? Now, no one thinks Dan Campbell's getting fired, but in a situation where this Lions team tanks over the next year or two, wouldn't you immediately look at the offensive coordinator who was getting head coaching job offers? Uh, maybe, I, but I don't think they think they're going to tank. Yeah, my guess is that if you're, man, that that that'd be I mean, that'd be pretty scummy, right? Like you are, think Dan Campbell's going to get fired, so you're going to stick around here? Have you bought into Detroit, or are they still Detroit's going to find a way to screw it up? I'm bought in, Jen. Yeah, I'm bought in as well. So am I. I think and that, that's why Gabe was saying he was kind of hoping there would be a little bit of a brain drain and that this guy would go elsewhere so that maybe the Packers... And again, this is not saying that there's not a confidence in what the Packers are doing. You know, Two things can be true at once. The Detroit Lions are ascending, their trajectory is upward, and the Packers are ascending and their trajectory is upward. I actually think it's really exciting for the division to have another team out there like the Lions who are doing things, it seems, the right way, step-by-step, step, stages to success, and are now going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, I, f- I prefer the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Patriots way. Well, it's been the where Packers your division, way. Where your division a, stinks. It was the Packers way for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, the Vikings, sure. the Bears, and the Lions have always been sort of laughing stocks of the league. The Packers took advantage of that. Yeah, I prefer that. Let's go back to that. Can we go back to that? Just dominating yeah. everyone? Let's do that. <laughs> Offer Ben Johnson a job, and maybe <laughs> we'll get back to that. You got one for him? I don't. Sounds like he's demanding a pretty penny. All right, Chewy, you got the money. What can you offer? What 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 amount of money is your wife going to allow you to put on the table for Ben Johnson so he's no longer he the offensive coordinator? He wouldn't even get the heebie-jeebies from his buddy. No, Chewie's not going to help you out in this category. Nah, he's my, he's my only hope. Yeah, my Who guys are hard negotiators. <laughs> What's your spending limit on Amazon? Like, what can you go on Amazon and spend without having to run it by the old boss? Well, do you want to go on the list again? <laughs> I don't need All the right. list. I don't need the we, list. We just want to no. know what, like. If you go on there and buy a head for your athlete, for your uh, um, uh, toothbrush, right? She, she thinks I buy sneakers too much, which is a total lie. How often are you buying sneakers? I haven't bought a pair in, I don't know, 
Let me see my last. No, pair. you hold on to that. We'll take. We'll come back and do the mine, 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 okay. not mine, not mine, yes. not mine. After this, have you guys been to Potawatomi Casino and Hotel yet? It is in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, and it is one of my favorite places to spend a Friday or a Saturday night. There's a table waiting for you at 12 bars and restaurants, a winning seat at 40 table games, 3,000 slot machines. Which, by the way, I won $300 on Willy Wonka on Friday at my birthday party. Plus the thrill of bingo, full service sports betting, and more. Are you ready to spark something new? Light up your senses at Potawatomi Casino Hotel. Explore more at PaysBig.com. That website again, PaysBig.com. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. There's two things she counts in the house. One of the pictures. (laughs) What do you think the other one is? Firearms. Viagra. (laughs) 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 On 94.5 ESPN. Joshi alerted me to this after the Bucks lost the other night. I gotta say, I appreciate it. Are we gonna have a problem with Giannis and his free throws again this season, Joshi? It, it seems like it. He did get a violation in it. Uh, people, the broadcast was counting on their stopwatches. Players were counting. The Nuggets broadcast, yes. Yeah, players were counting uh, at the line. Just shoot the damn ball, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got 10 seconds. Get it off. He's the only one that deals with this. Yep. Gabe, you watch a lot of NBA games. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is up there. Nope. Nope. But it doesn't even make Woo-sighing sense. Woo-sighing their way through the free throws. Because if you're not good at something, don't you want to rip the Band-Aid off as quick as possible instead of sitting there and letting it fester? This is uh, this is the way he shoots his free throw. Like, I... I can't believe anybody thinks it's going to change. Like, this has been this way for how many years at this point? Like, it goes back to 2021. Like, it's been like this for ever. Like, it's been like this for three years. It ain't changing. So, Giannis ain't changing. Is it comparable to, we talk in the NFL all the time about the play clock and how Aaron Rodgers has gone on the record and talked about how he can kind of manipulate slash take advantage of that extra half second mm-hmm. on the play clock. And we have seen in games very recently how... Being able to manage the play clock is very important, right? You're managing possessions, you're managing time of possession, you're managing just the way that the other team has to react to how much you have the ball. And so he was able to basically use that half second once the thing hit zero, basically the referee's reaction time, to get a little more time to see what the defense was doing before he made the throw, before he took the snap. Is that what Giannis is doing here? It's like, look, the guy is playing a lot of minutes in these games. Yep. And so, is it him just kind of using the free throw as a break? Yeah, that's what he's always said. Again, that this is a time because he plays so hard. This is a time where he can kind of catch his breath and take that quick breather. And you know, people getting upset about it is just like the the, the Nuggets. Like, get over yourselves. Well, Bucks like going, going there, to get like upset showing about it. showing your phone with the timer on it. Like, get over yourselves, Nuggets announcers. Like, oh. This is a, this is such a new phenomenon. I can't believe this has happened. No, you're like three years late. But let's go out to Chu, who obviously played professional sports at a high, high level. Chu, don't you do anything to shake a competitor, to shake an elite player off their game? And if you can get in Giannis's head a little bit here with the, hey man, still a flaw, still something that you're not good at, doesn't that seem to be worth the, the conversation? Uh, yeah, but he's the best of the best, so that really shouldn't be an issue. Now, there's things we did when we played to, like, luck 
early in the year, half of those cramps are fake. They're fake. <laughs> in the NFL. Or if you have a, uh, you, you know, your D, D coordinator struggling a little bit from a personnel standpoint where the other team likes to shuffle players in and out quickly. Now, they put in a rule for that, but you'd be, oh, Gabe, my arm. <laughs> Ooh, my arm is yeah. broken. I mean, I've done it before. Sure. Wait, you took a dive? Oh, are you kidding me? Wait, why would you fake the injury? Because I was tired. <laughs> That's not different. <laughs> like, it's I, I understand. Yeah, I usually I understand the defense doing it because they're trying to slow down the offense. Gabe, you're talking to a guy that went out on a jet ski with Frankie Winters two days before camp, tweaked his knee, and then all of a sudden got hurt during stretch. That's <laughs> magical, man. Do you think it is annoying to opposing players as well? Like, Jokic obviously was very demonstrative while standing there at the free throws, counting on his fingers. He's over there in the official's face trying to encourage him to blow the whistle, which they eventually did in the game. But they get into a rhythm as well. Is that part of the strategy for Giannis, to take other players out of their rhythm? I think he's just more about himself and catching Uh, that breather. And look, from from Jokic's perspective, like there's a rule that the officials are not enforcing. So I get that. Gabe, you play a sport that can be extremely annoying. Okay? Golf? So if you're playing is with a guy yeah. in golf who is slow play, slow p- that doesn't bother you? Yeah, it 100% bothers me. Yeah, of course. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like, between the, I mean, the difference between t- 10 and 12 seconds for Giannis shooting free throws, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't see the big difference there. What, what if he did eight seconds of rest? What? I, Look at Joshy at the negotiating table. Yeah. Here's, no, here's, Fourteen. Here's what we're here's what we're willing to offer. <laughs> I'll give you eight. And isn't didn't this change because he was struggling at the free throw line previously, like in 2020 and leading up to 2021? And hasn't there really not been much improvement? No, hasn't been. But I think he's enjoyed the rest he's kind of given himself, like especially mentally. Even if you know, like you said, like okay, eight seconds, like. There's mm-hmm. not that big of a difference between 8 and 10 seconds when you're a finely <laughs> right. tuned athlete like Giannis is, but in his mind, I think he's kind of convinced himself that this is a good time to take that break. That he needs the full 10 seconds to kind of bring yeah. his heart rate down to get, you know, and again, this is why even at the youngest levels, you don't just shoot free throws fresh, right? Yeah. You go out and run a few uh what the ladders they're called yeah. ladders now. You go out and run a few <laughs> ladders now, and then you step to the free throw line because you need your heart rate to be up. It's all well and good to do it when you're not, but you need to be fatigued to mimic those game situations. I wonder if this is something that Giannis gives any thought to. Obviously, it came up in the Nuggets game the other night because Jokic was demonstrative, because the broadcasters were counting, because the crowd was counting. It's always going to be more hostile at an away environment. I just don't like opening the door for it. because then. And look, we talked about how tough this stretch is going to be for the Bucks right now, right? Doc Rivers talks about how they go on this road trip and you know they don't get a lot of practice and whatnot. I think other teams are definitely going to start again chirping about but it. But I feel like every time crowds have started to count, like it's almost given him a rhythm and he's made more free throws. Like obviously there's no way to prove this. Well, but this is it's a certainly, fun hypothesis. But it certainly happened in the playoff run because teams were doing it in 2021 when they went to the championship. Like everybody thought that counting was going to be the thing that was going to throw Giannis off. And it seemed like he made more free throws in that playoff run because it seemed like, you know, okay, he's kind of getting into, you know, he hears the counting and that kind of 
helps him get into a little bit of a rhythm at the free throw line. I feel like when teams have counted, he shot like 75% and better. There is actually a part of me, Joshy, that likes that he struggles with it. Not that this is a struggle, but there's part of me that's like, he's so flipping good at everything else. I don't know, it kind of humanizes him a little bit. It kind of humanizes Giannis that the free throws are still a little bit of a bugaboo, a little bit of an Achilles heel, and he's still working through it. You know, What is his percentage? Is that, that's on I, me. I didn't, you know what? I didn't come prepared with that information. You know what? That's that's on me. I knew the second we started this conversation, he was going to ask that question. I should have had it ready. Uh, his free throw percentage this year is 66%. Oh, it's better than I thought. I was going to guess 58. Then I would say, shoot the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. It's 58. It's oh, like, boy. Chewie and Joshy on the same team. I don't know how <laughs> yes. I feel about this. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know how Joshy feels about it. <laughs> Very I'm all in. Else. I take the wins where I can get yeah. them. I, I felt, thought for yeah. sure he was going to pivot and go, you know what, Giannis, you take your time, buddy. Yeah. You've earned it. we got to take a break on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. More right after this. It doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. That's where mentality comes in. Local healthcare facilities specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. Look, they've helped me. And I thought I was kind of getting tired, just not feeling like myself, not having that energy to get through the day and do everything I need to do because I was doing the morning show and transition, doing a morning show after doing an afternoon show for all those years. And well, it turns out my testosterone levels were low. I found out because I went to Mentality, got a blood panel done. After about a week, those results got back to me and my testosterone levels were low. So I started the steps and now have a customized testosterone treatment plan just for me. And they can do the same for you. This isn't one size fits all. If your testosterone levels are low, they will make sure that your levels are where they need to be for you. So go to their website, lowtusa.com. Mentality allows treatment to fit into every guy's lifestyle. It's that easy. Learn more about Mentality and their low testosterone treatments, lowtusa.com. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. But she doesn't know every now and then I got the blammer coming up and like, I'll let you use my tractor for two of the blue things, which I think is a pretty good deal, right. which gets well, me in trouble. Right. You got a Viagra ring? Yeah. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. One of the best purchases I have made recently, guys, was the purchase of a Good Health sauna. That's right. I have a sauna sitting in my basement, and there are very few things that I have done that have been more beneficial to my overall health. I am sleeping better. My skin looks better. I just feel generally better. And when I get a workout in, I honestly feel like I'm recovering faster. That's why I bought a Good Health sauna. Look, it is an investment. It's an investment in your health. It's an investment in my health. That's why I did it. I'm doing 30 minutes a day sometimes 45 if I have an extra 15 minutes lying around. And if you are interested in seeing what the Good Health Sauna folks have, just go to their website. It's goodhealthsaunas.com. You will love their inventory and you will love the benefits of having a sauna at your disposal like I do. All righty then. We started the show talking about Elmo and how Elmo was helping people with their issues. Kind of love that. And then we started to try to figure out which of the people here at ESPN Milwaukee associated most closely with the characters from Sesame Street. We put it on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter poll. Which Sesame Street character best describes Chewy? 72% big guy are saying Oscar the Grouch. 
You okay right. with that? It's tracks. I'm fine. Mondays, yes. <laughs> I think he's such a happy guy. I Tuesdays. <laughs> Sometimes. Wednesday, Wednesdays. Thursday. No, Thursday, you, Thursday, he's usually pretty happy, and then Friday, he's hungover. I love that we just went into Sesame Street mode, teaching people <laughs> the days of the week there, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job. Um, so let's go through the list then. We said that Gabe is the Grover of ESPN Milwaukee Fair, yes? Like it? I like it. In on it? Okay. I'm in on Grover. I like the suggestion that Joshy and Ashton are Bert and Ernie. Yep. You in on that? Okay. I am the Cookie Monster, most exclusively because I ate 16 Oreos in one spot. In one sitting, exactly. And also, a lot of times on the radio, I sound like this. (laughs) 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 So that tracks also. Uh, So we extend it beyond the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy family and go to Wildey and Tausch. Gabe, I really like this one that we came up with for Wildey and Tausch. Yeah, Wildey and Tausch are Jason's Big Bird, and uh, you have Snuffleupagus as Tausch. Fair. I like it. It works. Let's go to the KBN guys. The KBN guys. Now, we could do them individually, or we could do them as a collective. We have chosen to do them as a collective. And for the uh, reveal on this, Joshy, I go to you. Yep, yep, yep. Baby, baby. Yep, 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 yep. Family. Now I can't take credit for that. It came from somebody on one of the uh, ESPN Milwaukee talking text line or on the YouTube stream, which of course you can join the show each and every day. And did we figure out who Homer is? We've got the Homer hour in the evening from five until 6 p.m. Four to five. Four to five. Professor. Right. Isn't there a professor? That's that's Five a Muppet, six. yeah. So, oh, that's a Muppet. Yeah, okay. that's that's Professor Honeydew. So it's not the same? Not that's the not the same, no, because Pro- Professor Honeydew wasn't on Sesame Street I think Street we determined that Craig Karmazin is Kermit the Frog. Ah, uh, good call. hey um, So how do you feel about <laughs> Homer being uh, Guy Smiley, Chew? I don't know who Guy Smiley Yeah, is. I don't have a much remembrance of Guy Smiley. Okay. Who's the guy that like banged the drums? That's Animal, also famously a Muppet. <laughs> oh, Why a Muppet? do you think that should be Homer? <laughs> Homer Parts should be Animal it. from the Muppets. Yeah, very excitable. <laughs> there is some crossover, huh? So Grover is he a crossover or no. just Kermit? Just, just Kermit. Kermit. Just Kermit's the crossover. Gonzo is a Muppet, right? Gonzo. Correct. I did the nose. Yeah, he did. The, <laughs> his nose goes the other way. It, it doesn't does, go. Yeah, down. It goes down. It doesn't go up. Oh. It goes down. Good for him. He's <laughs> <laughs> got Peroni's disease. <laughs> Come on. Um, um, we also put Come on, Chew. Come on. Yeah, you. <laughs> well, now you sound like a Muppet. Uh, are you experiencing Schadenfarter, which is the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy term for Schadenfreude? Is that how you say it? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Is that German? Yes. That's why you can say it and I cannot. <laughs> After learning about the dysfunction that continues in New York with the Jets, 57% of people are saying yes, big time. 43% of people are saying no, because it's not about the Green Bay Packers. And that's what I said. There has to be at least some sense of relief for Green Bay Packers fans that this offseason will not have the drama that the previous offseasons have had, that it is happening in other organizations, which obviously just deteriorates them a little bit. Not my circus, not my monkeys, man. It's a kind of a nice way to be. Mm-hmm. Just be excited about the youth that we know is coming back. Be excited about whatever defensive coordinator and the staff that he brings in. It's not It's not wringing your hands and hoping your quarterback doesn't do anything or say anything stupid. It's all excitement. If you get a chance, read that article. It is on The Athletic about some of the dysfunction that has emerged in the Jets organization. I feel like Jerry Seinfeld, too. That's a shame. Yeah, it's-
Who doesn't right. love a told you so? We all love a told you so. <laughs> He's not wrong. Put it on the poll. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do intelligence next on ESPN Milwaukee. Have a great one, everybody.